Well, folks, Shaw Jerry Adams Arishon, Augustashe Korfarhinya, Ak Nabi Imni Orabshef Wishin, as Erenig Magina. Anyway, I hope you're all good in the rain, but it is Ireland and uh, we learn to live with it. So what's what? Oh, the new play about David Irvine, and I actually didn't get to uh, see it, but I hope it'll, it'll, it'll come round again. Uh, it's written by Bobby Niblock. And anyone who knew David Irvine or who knows often will appreciate the title of Bobby's new play, The Man Who Swallowed a Dictionary. And in its humorous description of David's style of speaking and wordiness, it reminds us of a political leader who was an able and determined advocate for working-class loyalism. His sudden death in January 2007 at the age of 50. Three left a political vacuum within loyalism and wider politics, which has never been properly filled. The Progressive Unionist Party, which David led, has failed to garner the popular political support that it once was thought capable of under his leadership. Now, as I say, I haven't got the opportunity yet to see the man who swallowed a dictionary. But friends who have seen it thoroughly enjoyed the one-man show. They praised the script and Paul Garrett, the actor, who successfully brings the nuances and David's voice to life on the stage with just two large books, a bushy moustache and a pipe as his prop. During the course of the negotiations leading up to the Good Friday Agreement and in the years afterwards, I met David many times. Among other things, we were both pipe smokers. He was also articulate, genuine and deeply committed to his brand of unionism. He had a good sense of humour. He was very sociable. And Kerry, in support of the project involving young people from East Belfast to build a replica of the Jeannie Johnson a ship used during the Great Hunger to transport starving Irish to America, David and Martin Ferris would often adjourn to a local pub down there in the kingdom to skull pints and chat about sport. But he also had no illusions about the challenges facing all of us as we worked to chart a course from conflict to peace. While the Ulster Unionist leaders refused to talk to the EU, Kamalaskal refused to talk to Sinn Féin and the DUP left the negotiations when we went into them. David and his colleagues played no such games. An East Belfast working class Protestant, David Irvine was drawn into loyalism at an early age. In 1972 he joined the UVF and two years later he was imprisoned in Long Cash for possession of a bomb. David spent five and a half years there. When he was released, he was more politically and socially conscious. He was self-assured, confident and argued for greater positivity and dialogue within unionism. In the discussions that were taking place in the 1990s about moving from conflict to some sort of peace and political processes, David's voice along with Billy Hutchinson and others became increasingly important and influential 
among the Protestant Unionist loyalist community. He often accused Unionist political leaders of hypocrisy and criticised them for using loyalist paramilitaries and the threat of loyalist violence as leverage in their confrontations with the British and Irish governments. And then they discarded the loyalists when they no longer mattered. David said, if anybody in Northern Ireland thinks that the Protestant working class community has benefited from the machinations that the DUP advocate, then there's something wrong with their heads. Two decades later and this dangerous game is still being played, although it has to be said, many loyalist groups go along with this despite being conscious of being used by the unionist parties. On another occasion, Talking about sectarianism, he said, Many people come from places where drawing room sectarianism is at its worst, and they have luxuriated and benefited as society divided more and more and crashes on the rocks. It's a great pity that today's loyalists don't see the, law, the, the folly of this. They continue to allow themselves to be used. In an interview with Donnie Morrison in 2002, David acknowledged that the conflict had its origins in the North's one-party unionist state and the discrimination against Catholics. At a time when the issue of Irish unity wasn't attracting the interest it has today, David said that he would accept a united Ireland if a majority in the North votes for it. His preference, of course, was to make the North work for everyone. His thoughts and what motivates Unionism are probably more relevant today than they were 20 years ago when the current momentum towards Irish unity was not so strong. He told Danny, You've got to understand how unionism works. There's a huge insecurity within unionism. Unionism really hasn't had time to settle. They feel that the Republican agitation is never going to stop. The one thing that unionism lusts for is stability. That's the one thing they've never had. Later he said, I am what I am. I'm both Irish and British, but I'm a Democrat too. There's nothing more fascist than telling you what you are, especially if you perceive yourself to be somewhat different. We are steeped in concepts of Britishness, but those who are legal arbitrators are the people of Northern Ireland. It's absolutely legitimate for Republicans to argue the validity of a united Ireland, but the new dispensation is worthy, and there should be no plan B. My mother and father were Irish, my grandparents, and very simplistically so, were Irish too. But there are arguments about the hunting mist of the 1937 Constitution that forced Unionist people to rethink their Irishness. If David Irvine was with us today, we could have a great debate over some of this. But nonetheless, it's good to see increasingly from within Protestantism, Northern Protestantism and Unionism, voices which embrace the notion of being Irish and which embrace the concepts and principles of equality and parity within the context of constitutional change. If David were here now, he would be in the middle of this conversation smoking his pipe and advocating his views. The sudden death in January 2007 was a shock. 
Alex Maskin attended his funeral in East Belfast. It was an opportunity to let his wife Jeanette and his family know how much David was respected and of our sincere gratitude for the immense contribution he made to the peace process and to the Good Friday Agreement. When I had the honour to represent the fine citizens of Louth and East Meath, Richard and I spent a lot of time in Dublin. In between marathon shifts in the Parliament and Chocolan, we used to walk the streets of the capital. Both of us were taken by the initiatives to paint utility fittings, like electrical boxes, with images of local or national figures, pithy slogans, landscapes, iconic landmarks, and abstract designs. Drab grey street metal was transformed into bright, eye-catching and mind-lifting street art. Now I see this has been replicated in Belfast. Local West Belfast, common lower class Gale, G. Gaelic Athletic Club's knee pole, and Rossa are leading the way. They have painted their club crests on electric boxes not far from their grounds. It's very, very good. So very, very well done to Neve Poole and to Rossa. And let's see other clubs doing their thing. And let's see others' images, perhaps, of local people, of flora, of fauna, of relics of the linen industry, of local characters, of butterflies, of local landmarks, iconic scenes, and local art. And talking about art, if you're in Belfast between now and November the 9th, call into the George Dillon Gallery in Uncolterland, Magavo Fee on the Falls Road and marvel at the brilliance of the young students of College the First. Fair play to them all and to their teachers. The future is bright. These young people are a valued and wonderful part of the arts and wider community. They're a credit to themselves, to their families, to Belfast and to Ireland. Well done also again to their teachers. Mull and Olga, August Chucky, she. Nourish the young and they will come right. So Shane, uh, you may have uh, heard or perhaps you didn't hear that on the 6th of October I was 75. I'll return to this next week but for now, if I live that long, But for now, uh, it's very, very good to be 75. So, Good luck. Tor, Ira, mind yourselves. August Lurie, Mids, Lacoon of Jeh, and Shockton, Shaw, Hugging. Slan, August Bonnachty.